Alright, that's good. Now, what we're gonna do is put, do a little tradition. Oh boy. Three, two, one. Penguins. So oh I'm gonna talk, God. and Brendan can talk. I'm gonna talk, and Brendan can talk. No, I'm gonna talk, and Brendan can talk. <laughs> no, I'm gonna talk, if Jonathan can talk. I'm gonna talk, if that, 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 that. <laughs> now I'm gonna talk, and Mars can talk. I'm gonna talk, if Sam can talk. No, I'm gonna talk, if Sam can talk. I'm gonna talk, if I, uh, <laughs> And now I'd like to introduce you to the newest player of playing. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> This this intro okay. better make it into the uh, into the final cut. Is it okay? Well then, hello everyone. Um, Y'all might be wondering why we don't have uh, an official episode upload, and that's because I'm moving. So I'm Yay! taking this time instead of editing to pack. So that's why we're all doing this this fun little. Uh, plus, also we just had the season finale. Woo! Yay! Um, so this is just kind of a wrap up. Like getting all of our thoughts, we reached out on TikTok, on my TikTok. But if you all actually have, an, I have a little plug for us. If you guys want to be a bit more in the loop on fun things like this, go and follow at Realm of Podcast on TikTok. We literally just made it. Um, all of us. I'm saying all of us because literally, this is this is me announcing to the group that it is homework for everyone. All of us will be eventually po be posting some TikToks on there. Like it's going to be a group effort. Oh, We're going to be doing some fun do stuff. Just some that's fun bold. Stuff. That's bold of you. Oh, what's this is? <laughs> what's this is, what's TikTok? <laughs> We're okay. This is okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to talk if so. you can TikTok. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into some questions. Recently, I Do you I have asked, a website? We do have a website, actually. It's realmofpodcast.com. Hot down. Which is fun. Yeah, Sam worked really hard on it, and it looks really cool. He's giving and me way too much I'm, credit. It was maybe a couple nights. I'm looking at it. It's very simple yeah, website. You can click on it, and it will take you to either our Apple, uh, Apple Podcast link or wow. the Spotify link, which is nice. Wherever That's podcasts awesome. are sold. Anyway, let's let's wrap up or circle back to what we are going to do. But the reason we're here is I recently asked for you lovely, lovely people to send in some questions. And we have a pretty nice list of them. So if you guys want to go ahead to the questions from listeners section in our Discord, uh, we'll just take turns asking the questions. Uh, I'll go first because I've been leading most of the conversation, I suppose. Oh, you, hold on. Real quick, just because I think that I'm really bad with names, I just saw the D and D movie on this. Is, I promise this is relevant. On like the other day, on Tuesday maybe. I don't know. And no, today's Tuesday. I saw it last week. It's not important. <laughs> uh, I can only tell you one of the characters' names. So what I'm Which going to one? say. Which one? Holga. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to introduce name all of them right now. Well, that's not exactly what i'm trying to get across okay. i'm trying to say um that we should introduce ourselves i'm solomon i'm the dm um and then everybody else <laughs> that was uh, the longest just to say say your yeah. name and your character name what? guys what does the movie have to do with it <laughs> well it's because yeah. i'm so bad with 
so confusing. This is like one uh. of those old Norm McDonald jokes where he tells this like <laughs> absurd story for like twelve minutes and then there's no punchline. <laughs> to the listeners, well, it's, if it's you're ever wondering joke. why it takes a while for podcast episodes to come out, it's because half <laughs> the this. episode is just this. It's it's just we don't get really started we didn't, until we didn't an like, hour. Uh, this is not us just like toned down and relaxing. This is this is the this is the crap <laughs> that Solomon has to has to you know, weed out to to produce some sort of listenable episode. Yeah, don't don't get mad at your own players for not staying on topic as much as your favorite podcasts. Your favorite podcasts just edit out all the BS that goes on behind the scenes. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so, okay. my name's Jonathan, and I play Perrin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Imposter. <laughs> all right. So I'm. I guess I'm going to start. So uh, we have a question here from Liv. Wait, I never said we're not we're not introducing ourselves. Well, you guys were were not playing in the space that I created. Okay, okay, okay. I'll start. My name is Mars and I play Oswald. My name is Ben and I play Nellisky slash the Biospore. Hey guys, I'm the real Jonathan. I don't know if the before Jonathan's gonna be edited out or not, but uh, I play actually Perrin. (laughs) My name hey, is Brandon. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> we know we have a good oh, old-fashioned stand. Roll for initiative. We should have rolled for initiative for this pew, pew, pew. I have advantage on we, initiative. Wait. Was a high dexterity? Really they go first. Then I bow to your superior dexterity. Oh, thank you. Uh, ah, hi. My name's Sam, and I play Gaylor. And these dulcet tones come from your favorite <laughs> player, Brandon and I, of course, play Awakamotipua. <laughs> it's actually really fun that you say that because um, I've had people reach out to me, and it's probably one of the coolest experiences to see. Like, um, I, I've had people reach out to me and be like, "Oh, I love this character. I love how this person is." Like, I've gotten compliments, like when I would do TikTok lives and stuff. Are people privately messaging me? I've gotten compliments for all of you guys. It's just, I'm. Aww. I just like to say, I'm so thankful to play with you guys. You guys so, are insanely good. You. This is the, the most first we're hearing of any of this. Yeah, I thought well, I sucked. Who's, who's gotten the most? You could use a little pick me up during the week. That's what I'm. <laughs> I think you need to. I'm. I'm not going to say. Who's the best? The well, it's probably not me because. Uh, I, I have I have less time to yeah that would be you need to you need to like prorate it for when I I mean yeah <laughs> Waka and the Biosport have like voices so that's kind of cool I think that you I think everyone has voices every character everyone. I've ever played has just been a gruff version of my own voice <laughs> I don't know okay how to so do we're getting so player challenge you need here. to play a teenage girl for your next campaign. <laughs> Do we, hey Solomon, do we just need to start over? So you, no, I, this is okay. this is great. Hey, hey, Unedited. This is this is very much like this. Actually, I was going to answer the question by Liv, but I'm actually going to uh, go down here to what Alice asked. Um, Alice sent four questions in, which is very very Wait, nice. Thank you, Alice. But are we all answering them together or separately? I'm sorry, I just have to know. What's the format Where, of this? 
This is free for. Wait, why are we're we, why are we skipping questions? How does it work? You're, you're, you're punishing the wrong person. You're upset with Please, us. Please, hold on. skipping questions hold from on. listeners. The reason, the reason I'm doing that is because Alice asked, as a DM for the podcast, what struggles have you had? This. This is the struggles <laughs> I've had. Oh, hey, if, you, know you know what? If these are your struggles, then... This is for you. You've got it good, buddy. By the way, Mars just flipped me off on camera in case for the audio listeners. <laughs> for the one person that... who didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I wasn't even watching video. <laughs> well then, okay, let's circle back up to the top. And that is, uh, who out of the group has grown the most as a character? And that's from Liv. Um, yeah, why don't we just go down? Everyone can answer, whoever you think. I think this is just more conversation-based. I think the Biospor has... As much as I, which is very convenient that Ben has left the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, as much as I'd love to say Gaylor because there's like I'm invested in his development arc, like the 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 journey from this like the ultimate naivete, right? Um, the uh, the refusing to accept free food because. Why would you do that? You have to pay for these things. Um, to kind of like opening your eyes to like the entire world for the first time, and then and then mm. basically like I feel like Ben created a character, and then immediately began creating another character. Right. Like, I yeah, I get that. That's really. Ben has done such a great job with that, and even nobody telling me said these nice things about him when he gets back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, of course. We so for for reference, this is going to be uploaded like immediately after the season finale, and um, I will say that I'm a big fan of bookends. I'm a big fan or uh, something similar to that, and I think that. It's, re- it's going to be really exciting for for the people who are listening. Next session. The next session, I think, has a lot of really cool connections to previous things that I'm, I'm really excited for, for people to see through um, through the Biospore's eyes, through, like, just the just start of the session, even, like, Waka. Like, I, seeing, seeing Ben grow as a character has been very, very exciting. And I think that... As a as a DM, I have the opportunity as like I I was the one who made the the Biospore race within this the context. I know there are a lot of other mushroom races and other homebrew games, but the Biospore specifically, Ben has had so much of, and Brandon as well with the Salix. Like both of them have had so much hands on like guerrilla making the lore as we go, which has been so cool. It's been so exciting to see that sort of uh, like character progression along with the world progression. And I think that them having that creative liberty is, I, I think is not, I think that is a tool that's definitely helping them grow a lot, which is really cool to see. I'd Did say that. Say... Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to say of the characters, I think that Oswald has probably grown the most. I mean, we saw a lot of his character growth Me? in the very first arc, but I mean, from being a recluse that just worked on things in his basement and, you know, 
pined after the girl across the way, and and that was it. Stop. You know, Oswald was not an incel. <laughs> not an incel, because uh, he wasn't like, you know, angry about it or something. It was just that True. he, you know, liked her from a distance, but was just too nervous uh, to to leave his comfort zone and and go after it too. Mm-hmm. embarking on a gigantic world-spanning journey with a bunch of at the time strangers and uh so i i think that's some major character growth uh whereas yeah. some of the others i I'd, I'd say are maybe character changes but maybe a little bit of an argument to be had whether it's growth or whether it's just change or yeah uh, I think we should like we should specifically not be talking about uh, story driven like no choice changes, right? Like like uh, well, I mean, I guess uh, there was a choice with you know Nellis guy becoming the vice for, but like I don't I don't know that that is the spirit of the question. So that's a that's a good point about like the true character growth rather than change yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah at the at the risk of sounding conceited i also think oswald's had character <laughs> growth not because Grew i think i questioned that way but, <laughs> but just the things just the decisions that i feel like i've had to make as him have like changed so much as we've played and like the things that i've done in like recent sessions would not have even been a thought that crossed my mind like a year ago so it's definitely interesting to play a character that's grown so much wow which is also a great point that like i think it's especially um relevant for both oswald and perrin to see how i mean perrin episode one was a lot more expressive and a lot more like talking but then kind of not as much not as much but then now both oswald and perrin have like become these like more and more like it's it's just really cool to see like both of you grow as storytellers but then also like i know we had talked about previously like mars and i like okay like let's let's figure out like getting your confidence within the actual world of roleplay because you know starting out from not doing as much well played um not as much role play with a bunch of people my and then going with people that you don't know you know it was a, like a big learning curve so was, i'm really proud of the both of you oh um, well i'm proud of all of you but both of nope, you like just us <laughs> yeah actually the rest of you nope not proud at all but step it up we, guys no heart now that ben is actually back um ben do you want to lead the second question second question yes mm-hmm. Uh, who in the group is most likely to betray the party? This was sent to oh. Devin. Brandon. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, just yeah, because Walker. I have actively Walker. attempted to kill the party members and also betrayed mm. the party during the Christmas special and I also have Icker <laughs> of one of the evil guys floating around inside my body, doesn't mean that I will betray the party. So yeah, agreed. Lock it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like a lot of us actually have like it's interesting because as characters we all have kind of our own um, motivations and at, sometimes they come 
compete with each other. And really, the, like, there's no stated loyalty to the party per se. Like, I mean, there is some in that, like, we're friends now. But, like, you know, the D&D kind of world sets a party up and you're like, okay, this is your party. But then you have to kind of narratively justify it. Hence the, you find yourself in a tavern. And, <laughs> you know, you're kind of thrown together with this group. Um, and we are kind of like, a, you know, a, a ragtag group. But we're like, there's there's nothing that really ties us together beyond our bonds to each other. And I think like, I personally think like the Bispor or Nellisky would be more okay with, you know, quote unquote, betraying certain members of the party <laughs> over and against others. Yeah, so I, I just think that there is like competing, not necessarily competing interests, but like there are, the loyalty that we have to the party isn't to the party as a whole as much as to the individual characters in the party, which I think makes it really interesting um, as we are like engaging with each other and engaging with, um, yeah, like the interactions that we have is makes it interesting in that way. So I don't have a, I don't have a really good answer, like a specific person, but. I don't have a very I, I, juicy answer, but I am, I am, uh, I'm interested that nobody said Gaylor so far, because everyone. Well, Nellis guy would say Gaylor. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you asking yeah. me or are you asking Perrin? <laughs> Nellis guy, but you know, maybe. Well, yeah. um, maybe not the wise one. And the 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 point about the bonds is interesting, because I think, yeah, like to some extent, it's just a de facto bond at this point. Now, like, what would we do? Right. Yeah. I think that that was something that uh, uh, that I played into a bit at the beginning. You know, having like woken up and lost a year, and now okay, now these are the people I'm with. Uh, can't really, can't really change that at this point. Like, what am I gonna do? Just run away? Go where? Go back? To where, to whom, right? <laughs> yeah. Then on the other side, for example, at the end of like the graveyard of opulence, like I was thinking, oh, you know, it actually makes sense here. Like, if Waka were to leave and like join the games, like do another round of games to get another wish to get his information, like that's what he wants yes. to do. But like, he there is a loyalty there, I guess. Like there is something that ties him to the party, and maybe that's kind of like the, the. Um, the fact that we are a quote-unquote party playing D&D, but I also think that, you know, the yeah, character the of Waka... the metagame, <laughs> right. of not having yeah. two simultaneous campaigns going on. Exactly. And, like, similarly with Oswald, like, Oswald probably wants to go back to see Sarai at some point. That's that's her name, right? Sarai? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but they're not. He's sticking with the party, so... He's got the will of the wisp. He can just <laughs> Will of the Wisp collect call and every night. <laughs> yeah, long yeah. distance relationships. Those are hard. Gonna Will of the Wisp. Very hard. Bed. Very hard. Uh, <laughs> Thinking of you. Oswald, Oswald's players got experience with it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Jonathan, do you want to take the next one? Yes. All right. What moment of roleplay was the party's favorite? like their best mm -hmm. moments of quality character acting. That one's by Izzy. Thanks, Izzy. Yeah, thanks. That sounded sarcastic. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Wait, so, Izzy. so are, we, are, we supposed to, are we supposed to say what our, what 
our favorite moment of any character was, or are we yeah, each supposed any to character. say what our favorite moment to to roleplay was? I think either either one. I think that maybe maybe you can come up with. I mean, both. Why not both? Because we got a lot more questions to go through. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Then <laughs> how about just whichever your favorite one, either way, yourself or someone else. My favorite. Um, would be the Christmas special. Uh, I mean, it was just so much fun having a new character, trying a voice for the first time, even though it's, you know, not too far off. But, yeah, just really getting into my character's weird goals. (laughs) And the whole dynamic that was not rehearsed or even planned between me and selling cookies just miraculously happened. So that was definitely my. That was really nice. Yeah, you I know, think the. Sorry. Go for it. I was just saying, I think the Christmas special too. That was so fun. And like specifically, whenever we found out about um, uh, Brandon's character, Lil that Mac. That was such a shock. Yeah, Lil Mac. The, the acting with Lil Mac was so good. She was so innocent. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, she she was a lot of fun to play, and it was really fun to be so duplicitous in the campaign, and and just have Solomon's blessing to like screw stuff up on purpose, while also being really paranoid that the cop of the group was going to catch me trying to <laughs> screw things up, uh, and I would have gotten away I'm... with it too if it wasn't for those pesky teens. But uh, yeah, uh, and, and I, I'm still kicking myself air. for not for not catching that. Same. So there's there's a reason that I told Ben because I thought that <laughs> I genuinely thought that you'd be able to sniff out Brandon. I'd be like, this is gonna be so good, a little cat and mouse game. Um, but and then Brandon brought up a point like it's a good thing that it wasn't Sam because Sam would question literally every single thing that anyone said and write it down and cross reference it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that detail oriented. Like, so I good noticed, for you, I noticed most of the things that you did, but then like it was you you did a good job playing it like this is just a wacky character. Right, for, for this sort of one-off thing, uh, I guess a three-off <laughs> was supposed to be a one-off. Like Except three-off. that yeah. you, you hadn't been tipped off that something was afoot. You were just like, right. oh. Yeah, like there was no prompt nothing. to like, hey, but, watch out for something. That would but yeah, if, if you had been told to watch out for something, I feel like you would have absolutely spotted me in an instant. In my defense, I forgot that I was supposed to be looking out for anything in the first episode. <laughs> How is and that the a defense? Remind me of this. <laughs> it's oh, not. you were given advance notice. <laughs> yeah, he was like, y- y- "There's one of the party is trying to sabotage. Uh, try to, you know, keep an eye out, but don't say anything." It's like, no, okay. I said you could say if you wanted to. Oh, oh yeah, I don't remember. I'm not. Uh, my memory is clearly terrible, not. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Uh, I think that... Oh, go for it, man. uh, Okay, yeah. I think my favorite moment to roleplay was the the last scene of the Garden of Opulence in the Nellis guy's transition into the... uh, Well, what is known as the Bispor. I think it was just... It was crazy because, like, 
I mean, like, it was just very, it was very spontaneous. It was like Solomon and I hadn't discussed it or anything. And it was just like, it just felt so natural to like transition into the, like, you know, talking about ourselves, uh, you yeah. know, using the like um, plural pronouns. Um, and it was just like, it was crazy because I was trying to come to grips with it. And it felt like very organic as if they too would be coming to grips with, you know, two becoming one in this sort of like permanent mind meld situation. Um, I thought that was really fun. Uh, and I, I had a really good time uh, role playing that part. Yeah, that was, it was that definitely was awesome. Killer. That was, that was my cool. favorite. Yeah, that was good. That was hands down my favorite role play of, of the first season, including the Christmas special. Uh, it's <laughs> like the way that you said, like you were coming to grips with it. Um, it just it shown through in terms of the bispore coming to grips with it you know like how you were stumbling over that i i know we we are yeah i think you you had this one yeah. line that was awesome like we were one and one and now we are just one and that was like ooh ooh just right just right <laughs> yeah. just fantastic i think that my favorite moments of role play uh it's it's kind of a toss-up between early on in the story uh right after oswald had killed marlin and waka went over <laughs> and like put his hand on oswald's shoulder and that just felt like a super poignant moment and uh you know something that we've referenced time and time and time again uh and then the other one and maybe this is conceded since I mean both of them, but uh, whatever. Uh, was uh, when Waka was putting his hands around uh, Gaylor's head when we were in the the graveyard, uh, and Willem had revealed himself again because it was just I I didn't know what was going to happen. It it came down to a roll of the dice on whether I knew about the uh the the spell and it all worked out thankfully but uh, <laughs> thankfully i was big mad <laughs> i remember yes very mad like oh so you were just gonna kill me like <laughs> i walk well, we... didn't have a whole lot of trust like he he had extended trust but there wasn't any like foundation to base it on and it's like oh nope it is willem and if it's willem there's only one thing to do about that and you know sorry but this will get rid of our willem problem forever exactly <laughs> i i hardcore agree with you brandon i think one of i have, I have two different one is before sam joined and one is after um, and the first one is the all of you comforting Oswald. Like that was such a just I, I think the the emotional high of Mars rolling a nat 20, me rolling a nat one. <laughs> like just that was exceptional. And then all of the excitement there. And then all of a sudden it comes crashing down. Like it's just the the weight of what happened on oswald like that was just you all going and stepping in and comforting was amazing and then also i got to introduce one of my favorite characters lynn elm immediately afterwards which is exciting not exactly relevant to the good roleplay but the other part that i really liked is 
actually, when you all were going to, well, you had just gotten to the community arts center, and maybe it's a tad bit later. But when Gaylor is just like shouting, and is just like, "Do you not like think about me? Think about how I feel?" And it was just so good. Just you guys. Oh, I'm I'm so lucky to be playing with you guys. Like every single week fun. is just. Aww. I get so happy. Shucks. Oh, man. So the next one, actually, it just says mimic question. Um, I have a friend named Ellie who reached out to me and asked. Um, we don't have mimics in this world so far. And I'll be honest, I have thought about adding them. Um, I don't know if I'm going to. For reference, uh, mimics are a type of monster that usually look like a chest and they you open up the chest and then boom it's like a giant mouth and a tongue comes out and it tries to pull you in um and they actually have an ability that when you touch them it like it's you stick to them so ellie asked like what if uh, a mimic was turned into a grape like what what would that how would you all it was originally the question was a little bit different so i'm going to say how would you all deal with a mimic now that you have had the experience of dealing with tampered food if you were given the like you were told like hey one of these things is a mimic how would how would the party go about finding that mimic if it was a food item just throw it all away <laughs> that seems don't fair eat, don't eat any of it yeah i'm not sure tree on a grape i think that oh, <laughs> oh my gosh i think that yeah i I thought the uh, I I don't know. I just I've thought about adding mimics, but like I Jonathan I had has, mentioned her parent has the uh, the uh, that I forget what the ability is called where you can speak with great things and and you, you <laughs> highlight <laughs> and a voice will answer yeah. the best of its ability. Like I think we have that's probably oh, yeah. would be your best bet. Uh -huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, good. <laughs> one of these grapes is not safe to eat. <laughs> well, I guess if Perrin is in, in a dog other. form, none of them would be safe to eat. Yeah, one or if Perrin's allergic. Exactly. Not like yeah. the others. <laughs> we are the what? grapes. Oh, That's crap. an interesting question. Sam, do you want to hit the next one? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. So Stormy asks, where did the inspiration for everyone's characters come from? Uh, right off the bat, I can say uh, that there I, there wasn't one really um but some of the some some of the inspiration for like Gaylor's evolving backstory uh, as he kind of finds out his own backstory is uh is like i i draw from what i know i guess from life um uh in terms of like you know, and the ambition, some of the academic uh, aspirations, um, but really, like I was handed an absolute blank slate, and that's where I started. So, an empty canvas, as it were. What's uh. <laughs> <laughs> his real laugh? I'm not, I'm not writing that down. I, I don't know that it was inspiration so much as uh, just kind of a, a process. Uh, I knew that I wanted to play one of the races that Solomon had made because what's 
the point of a DM making custom races if none of the players are going to play it? <laughs> um, you know, and you plus, the I mean, who, who doesn't want to play a uh, like eight foot tall shark man? Uh, so uh, I, I knew I wanted to play Selic right away, and one of their abilities that he had come up with was uh, hook, line, and sinker, I think is it's called, uh, yeah. where they get to do double damage against grappled targets. And I just thought, oh, this is an absolutely broken ability that I can make Solomon rue the day when he came up with that. Uh, plus, I, in for reference... <laughs> I thought that you could not attack people while grappled. That's just like shows how green I am with monks and like the status effects. So I knew that I wanted to create a character that would absolutely abuse that until I could either get him to change it or just <laughs> add triple the HP to all of the encounters for the rest of the game. Uh, but then it was like, oh, okay, well, I play a lot of martial classes in my other games or in the past and i don't want to just be a guy bonking heads and so i thought well what would a grappler character really look like and so then i thought well what if it's a monk who does like judo basically where it's not punching them so much as it is like way of the gentle hand takedowns and, and grapples and stuff uh and so then from there, I had the concept of, oh, what if he's a pacifist, uh, which is a fish pun with a shark man, which I just thought was hilarious. And then that all kind of combined together into the shark man who is infatuated with the surface, doesn't want to actually kill anybody, but he'll put him in an arm bar and knock him out. Uh, and that way I can still be kind of a, a pacifist character but i'm still willing to deal damage to enemies uh just because D is a game about dealing damage a lot of times so uh that's kind of what you need to do but uh you know I, I can still support the party and and do other things like that oswald Eh? Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I mine is not as interesting, I don't think. I, I love making characters. That's, like, one of my favorite things to do. But when I make characters, I like to make fun, like, mood boards for them on Pinterest. Um, and usually they are all, they're, like, composed of other characters that I think would that i think have like qualities or um maybe like a feature or just something about them that i think would be a good like piece to put to my character um so for oswald i remember making the mood board for him i have it i'm looking at it right now <laughs> and some of the characters that are on it are um i've got leo valdez from Percy Jackson the Olympians. That one's a pretty on-the-nose one because Leo's like a mechanic. That one was more of a I'm drawing like visual reference from him because Oswald's definitely nothing like that character. Um, as far as personality goes, uh, I think I, I got a lot of inspiration from Yuta Okotsu from Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Um, the way that he's 
quite nervous and soft-spoken at first, but eventually grows in his confidence and in himself. And he's got a, a good heart. And uh, I also drew a lot of inspiration from uh, Mikasa from Attack on Titan. The kind of, again, another soft-spoken character who cares very deeply for people, um, but also has her own, I guess, like path that she set in her mind but yeah most of my inspiration for him just came from looking at other characters that I really really like and taking pieces of them and adding in my own little things here and there until I eventually have something that feels whole okay, punk rock cool. punk rock uh yeah so for Perrin um there's a, a few things that kind of inspired me. Um, I know that when we started, it's been, what, over a year now, right? Oh, my goodness. That's crazy yeah. to think about. Yeah. Um, but so one thing that happened was my mother had recently passed. And so I kind of went through that on my mind of like, all right, missing family member. Uh, and how to incorporate that into the story. And so for for Perrin, it's the loss of his sister and how he loved her so much that he was willing to like leave his home, what he was familiar with for the first time to go find this person and like what is life like after losing someone and just not knowing what to expect the world you're gonna you know run into but just having that hope that someday you'll like find that missing person again um so that's for the backstory and then for like him as a character i i really liked uh animorphs growing up so <laughs> just thinking of having the ability to turn into an animal but then also like using the psychic you know telepathy thing to like talk to people while still in animal form no. was just pretty cool so yeah those are the two main things wow um i think for nell's guy I, I don't really like didn't draw inspiration from like specific people or characters like mars did um i think it kind of was more like waka's character creation of like okay i, I want to i mean i i want to create a custom like i want to have a character of a custom class because that's awesome uh, and I just love homebrew so much, uh, and Solomon's so fun to like have his homebrew, like play his homebrew because he puts so much thought and effort into it. Um, and so like just thinking about like okay, like I want to be a like a caster because I like I prefer casters over other um, classes. And then thinking like well, it would make sense to have like a smaller caster rather than a big the um, the other kind, which name I can never remember. Amelia. Amelia. So yeah, I went with the Mycena um, subclass, and then uh, with like the characteristics and everything, I just kind of went with like, um, like I, I basically made like a list of some attributes. So like curious, uh, impulsive, and um, cautious about their spore. I think were the three that I had. So basically, just like using those three as like kind of touchstones, um, especially like when playing them. Um, and then, of course, as playing the Biospore, as listeners will see in the next season, um, draws like tries to draw from both Nellis Sky and 
from what we saw of Amanita. So Amanita was more caring. It was more like, uh, was even more childlike than Nella Sky and was more just like, you know, bright eyed and like generous. So trying to like embody that a little bit more um, in the Biospore. Um, yeah. I think you did a really good job with that. Yeah. And speaking of doing a good job, do you want to answer th the next question? <laughs> sure. What? Let's see. Okay. Um, what part of your character? What, what part of your characters you are playing take aspects of your own life? This is yes. from Alice. From yes. Alice. Alice? Mm-hmm. I thought you said Atlas, and I was like, yo, I didn't know that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, that Atlas. is a really Spoiler. good question. Um, I think oh, personally... Go ahead. Spoiler. No, no, that was uh, uh, another class. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. Right. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. There's a duck <laughs> named Atlas, guys. Uh, bom, that's, bom. that's all the spoiler. Bom. Yeah. Um, uh, I think personally, I, I like the like curious aspect i i just i love learning i love kind of growing and i think channeling that into a four-year-old spore who's out um <laughs> kind of um you know exploring the world it makes sense to me yeah don't hop up all at once guys <laughs> i don't ever want to interrupt anyone <laughs> Well, there's no editing to make you guys sound good okay. this time. Okay. <laughs> I can I can answer it next. What is it? What part of your characters are you? T okay. Um. Dang. So, for me, it's a lot of Oswald's anxiety. I have to say, um, I am a very introverted and nervous person in real life, and Oswald definitely like has that trait from me because I don't know what it is but it's kind of like cathartic to play that in like a role-playing scenario but not actually have to experience it myself <laughs> in that moment if that makes sense um and also it's an, it's an easier way to like figure out how to grow past it because everything we're doing is fictional so it's like it doesn't really have any real consequence so I can be I can be bolder and I can be more like confident as my character in the game because it doesn't necessarily reflect on me but at the same time it does because it's like helping me learn that. That's just kind of rambling but So you're saying yeah. that D&D should be a um, primary it's, mode of therapy. It's <laughs> therapy yes. Didn't it's my therapy. Yeah, hanging out on the beaches of Fanheim are a bit cheaper than therapy, I think. <laughs> no, it is. It's free <laughs> therapy. It depends on your insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I think for myself, uh, in playing Waka, uh, I did a lot of martial arts back when I was a teenager in high school uh, and a little bit into college as well. And so playing the monk that does a lot of martial art kind of things uh, has been a lot of fun just because I remember doing some of that stuff myself uh, you know not necessarily uh, nearly snapping people's necks or anything but uh, <laughs> that just playing as a monk when when I picked that class is like oh that would be fun because uh, I enjoyed punching people myself so uh, that'll be great <laughs> 
Um, but as, <laughs> as Mars was talking, it also made me realize, you know, I probably did take some of my own, um, I guess I should say, like, optimism or something. I, I feel like as a person, I have a sort of almost happy-go-lucky demeanor of I'm just going to plow right ahead with things because it always ends up working out some way or another. Uh, I, am, I am very not anxious, and so Waka probably gets mm-hmm. some of that from me as well because I feel like he's the kind to just accept people and things at face value and just, you know, there's there's no ulterior motives or anything. Like, <laughs> just Just... Go go right along with it, uh, and I think that I'm probably kind of like that <laughs> as a person too. <laughs> so don't give me any poison soup, please, because I will eat it. That's that's <laughs> funny because I'm the opposite. So Perrin definitely gets that from me. Like, I in a new environment, a new situation, I'm usually listening and like observing to see what like the vibe is, like how people act, what the mannerisms are. You know, just kind of warm up to the situation. And then once I feel comfortable, you know, I'll be a little bit more freer, maybe talk a little bit more, say some jokes, things like that can be like goofy. But definitely in the beginning, if I don't know anyone, I will be like a wallflower. I'll be people observing, you know, just trying to feel it out because, yeah, I, I need to know the situation before I can get involved. I don't know why you saying wallflower just opened up a bunch of imagery for me that I'm going to write later. So thank you for that. Oh, it's going to be you're welcome. Fun. Yeah, I mean. What's your inspiration? Me? <laughs> <laughs> well, since you asked. <laughs> um, Sam? Yeah, I think Gaylor takes it. Gaylor is in some ways a bit of a self-insert. Um, the I mean, the two primary things probably are like puzzle solving right uh <clears throat> trying to trying to figure out what's going on behind the scenes uh of the campaign or of, of the journey uh not just for the purposes of of uh getting through it but you know because the question is there kind of um and the other thing is is uh I guess the ambition, right? Which is sort of what got Gaylor into the big mess in the first place, <laughs> um, right? Like uh, being too too greedy for power and too ambitious for his own good. <clears throat> um, that's like that's a sort of a personal weakness that I have to watch out for in my own life. Um, although it can, like, if you have, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, applying maturity to it, it can be a strength. And I think that's something that Gaylor is trying to learn how to do. Um, because it's, it's kind of, it's in his nature to want to be powerful, to want to be, you know, a master of his craft. Um, but you know the, the with great hubris comes great uh <laughs> possession and torment and woes and sadness 
<laughs> many woes, many woes. <laughs> so Alice, Alice actually asked a few wow, questions. Wow, wow, <laughs> And there it is. Well, there it's it is Tuesday, again. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I like how that's become a little bit of a, this is unrelated, but we kind of have a few traditions in the way that we like a few traditions that it will probably be mentioned later on in future episodes. But I mean, the Ben saying Wawa Wee Woo, which has now been implemented into my life accidentally, <laughs> just like at work, I was helping oh, no. someone like I don't I can't I can't stop. <laughs> I said I said Wawa Wee Woo at work like last week. And someone went, what? <laughs> but another common one that we do, and it's actually, we say, tradition. At the very beginning, we all clap together. Tradition. Um, and you know what? Actually, yeah, right. We're going to keep that in. That's that's what it is. Like, this is that's what happens every time. Um, that's so fun that that's going to be in there for the world. Um, but anyway, Alice asked another question, and that is, do you feel as if you've evolved as a player and as a teammate? I think that we kind of touched up on that um earlier as the uh, what what Liv asked so mm -hmm. yeah i think that but but also i'll say from not an outside perspective i think outside perspective in the sense that i i'm not like as much as i am a part of the dnd &D team i'm not a part of the party team you know i'm actively wanting you to succeed in the same way that my characters that i'm also playing actively want you to fail so <laughs> To see the way that you all are like take on challenges and the way that you've adapted throughout the sessions has been really cool. I mean, like in the beginning, you know, it was a lot more like, oh yeah, I'm gonna attack this guy, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do, and then uh, towards the end of the sessions, it's like in the beginning, everyone's doing their own thing, but then it's like, okay, uh, well, I'm gonna pick up the bispore and we're gonna have a shark fire brigade <laughs> flying through the air. You know, it's like. <laughs> seeing how you all adapted in roleplay, but also combat, you know, it's just been really cool to, to see you all like Oswald rushing forward, trying to pull Gaylor away from the cliff, you know, like it's just, it's really cool. It's just so cool. So now we can move on to the next one, which is another one that Alice asked is what has been a time in the game where you all felt engaged completely? I think there's a lot of times. <clears throat> most oh, of yeah. the time <laughs> definitely whenever i was in my little um standoff with marlin and whenever i was alone in the basement with center i can imagine yeah that <laughs> so basically both the times i thought i was gonna die <laughs> <laughs> oh great so you thrive in those conditions no oh, no 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 what's well, the difference no, between no, commanding no. someone's attention and <laughs> I'm threatening their life, thank you. Wouldn't you be paying attention if someone was threatening your life? <laughs> I would hope so. I'm busy, go away. <laughs> yeah, I think that I I tend to be the most engaged when like I have to uh wrestle with the kind of um different reality and existence that bispores have, like their connection with other bispores, their connection to the host. And really just have to like engage um, mentally and also emotionally with like what it would be like to, you know, connect with another bispore or with the host and like 
what would that how how can i draw from my human emotions and my human connections um to to kind of role play that out and see you know you know kind of extrapolate those onto a biospores uh, even what i imagine to be like a more intimate sort of connection um to other biospores i think in those times when i'm when i'm like thinking through those thoughts or um trying to picture what that looks like i think that's the times that i'm the most um like mentally and emotionally engaged because it is like such a powerful thing like human connection to me or i don't know mushroom connection and fungal connection <laughs> uh is, su is such a powerful thing uh for me personally with respect to like the engaging of my emotions so i think that's the time that i'm like generally speaking the, mo the most engaged that i am Feel like in uh, Family Feud, the good answer, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good answer. Okay, okay. The survey says, I I have ah. I have two. Uh, the first one is like whenever whenever Gaylor's like alone with an NPC, like an important NPC, <laughs> right? who might be a is, god, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, could be. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, like, it's been made pretty clear, I think, by several people here that I'm like the note taker and very invested in kind of figuring out some of these mysterious things that we're trudging through. Um, and the feeling of like, okay, this person knows a lot of things that Solomon knows, but I don't know. And I would sure like to know. <laughs> and what can I squeeze out of this interaction? Um, I actually just made a TikTok about that. So go check it out. At Solomon <laughs> and then so soon <laughs> at realm of podcast uh, uh and then the other thing is uh the the cut scenes that solomon you read uh that you you started reading during the sessions rather than putting them in um <clears throat> in post uh first of all they're beautifully written but i mean it, it, you know sort of from the same angle of of like wanting to catch the little tidbits that you're dropping into them because they're just they're just chock full of so much juicy stuff i'm i'm hanging on your every word when you're when you're reading something <laughs> that you've written out well, thank uh, you. i want to interject here and say one of one of my many many favorite memories of the podcast is um one time like solomon had this like massive monologue and immediately after sam was like solomon and solomon was like yeah i'll send it to you afterwards <laughs> like just like yeah no i got you like everyone knows sam is the note taker he's the one who like has all this information in a massive uh flow chart or spreadsheet or whatever um and solomon's like yeah i got you yes. realm of magic brought to you by lucid chart <laughs> yeah we they Maybe. should it, it really it should. Come on now. <laughs> we we use it. <laughs> we use it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we have. Oh, I'm so sorry. I would agree. I would say your writing is amazing, and when it's over, I have to like bring my brain back. Like, okay, we got to play now. Like, we can't just listen because I also love listening to audiobooks. So I'm just like, what happens Ooh, next? Same. And having to come back and be like, okay, now I have to contribute. I can't just listen the whole time. I have to actually talk and interact. And yeah, so. That's actually, I, I love writing the narrative chunks, but it, it'll, 
I don't know if it's apparent, but in season two, there's a lot less um, written chunks of dialogue prepared. There's a lot. It's a lot more free form. It's a lot more like you guys impacting a lot of the things I say and do, which I mean, not to say that you don't usually, but it's I'm caught with my like with my pants down more often in season <laughs> two than I couldn't think of another one. That is an actual expression. But there, like, there is an episode that will be coming. <laughs> he, just... we all had to make yeah. sure Solomon was okay afterwards. It was. Like, we can I... change it. We can re. We can redo this episode if you want, Solomon. I was like, <laughs> no, it's the whole thing. Like, literally, I had, like, this. This would had been the one that was like, okay, now I'm gonna sit down, and this one I'm gonna prepare, and this one's gonna be great, and then it was just like, oh yeah, everything's out the window <laughs> a thousand times. It was crazy. Which, hey, you know, this is actually really exciting. Something I like recording a lot, um, like, before. Because we have a lot on the back burner of me editing. As it gives me, one, more time to edit. But also, it's really nice to be able to be like, yeah, this thing is crazy. Y'all just wait for this, you know? Like, cause there's some really cool stuff that's coming. Just the way that you guys interact. Oh, chef's kiss. I'm so lucky. Anyway, um, we are actually going to jump. Uh, no, I, I said this uh, as a DM for a podcast. What struggles have you had? Also from Alice. I think that other than like I was goofing off earlier, like it's it's a joy going back and listening to you all like messing around and the the sort of interactions between both the characters and also all of you um, listening back in to all of the like, oh, yeah, like only fans jokes. There's so many of them. And for me, every single time, they're funny. Like, I, I'm sure that it's like, I don't know. It's just so good to me. Um, but this is struggles, not positives. I think that, honestly, I think that, and this is going to come from a, this is going to sound a little weird, but it's like, it's the actual distribution, I think, is the hardest part for me. Because um, editing, you know, can take a while and, like, writing music and stuff is all fun. But the actual distribution of it and, like, showing the rest of the world, like, hey, these are the, this is the thing that we made. You know, like, I don't have the proper channels to do that. So I've been really, um, really blessed to get such a positive response from such little distribution. You know, like, it's just us. It's just, like, word of mouth. And then, like, the TikToks that we do which is awesome like to see the, the reception i think that yeah i think that honestly like i have no complaints from an actual like being a dm i think all of the quote-unquote hard parts that i have are the production side of things like i have no complaints from playing with you guys Heart. <laughs> Good and answer. then here's actually a question I've got I've got t two questions that are specifically for people, um, and this one's for Ben. Um, ben, what is it like to play a genderless slash uh, NB character? That's from Lily. That's a great question. Um, it's for me like, it, so it, the formation of it, like it wasn't like a an intentional choice to, you know, play a gendered character or. Um, non or genderless character different from my own gender um, as much as it was just kind of like creating an organic fungi you know like where it's like huh like there's there's no like natural sex of fungi that I'm aware of maybe there are but it would make sense 
you know, to as, as this is like an undeveloped um, homebrew um, species or race, um, it would make sense to me that like they're all kind of of a similar uh, substance, and there's really no like cultural gender difference um, on top of the the sort of more anatomical um, similarities. Uh, and so that kind of like just came up as by accident. I was like, well, it would just make sense that it would be, you know, they, them. Um, and then with that, it's been kind of, it's been interesting because like, I know that in our, in our context and our current, you know, in society, like there's a lot of people who are, who don't identify as, as a gender or identify as genderless. You know, it's, it's a struggle and it's difficult in a lot of ways um, because of the societal context. And I didn't want to like make light of that or like, uh, I wanted to honor that in some way, um, or really just not make light of it because I don't, I don't have really much insight into that on, on a personal level. Um, and so it's been kind of like challenging in a sense of like wanting to, um, you know, just make sure to not, um, and I don't, I don't really even know how to say it, but I wanted to just, it? yeah, exactly. Um, and, but like, and not like forget and i've forgotten so many times like i had a, a sticky note on my monitor that said they slash them and like i just like would always look <laughs> at that because i would always forget uh and part of that is just like you know that um i just i would see myself in in my character as i'm role playing and it, and it was just hard to keep straight um yeah but it was it was um it's that's like the, kind of the, been the biggest challenge is just like making sure that i'm i'm keeping it straight which i've you know messed up on a lot um, but it has also helped me in my more day-to-day -day, um, to make sure that I'm referring to people in, in proper, uh, with proper pronouns as well. Um, but it's been interesting for sure. Um, yeah, it's a great question. Here's another one. This one's for Sam. Can I ask That's a follow-up question to Ben? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Now you're not just a genderless character; you're a composite character, <laughs> right? Like you, yeah. Like that. So, <laughs> and and I imagine that that adds an additional layer of like foreignness to you. Um, did yeah. That, did that make it uh, tougher or easier to uh, to role play? Something that, that like, yeah, you that's... don't have personal experience with. No, yeah, that's that's a good. <laughs> great question too and i think it actually did make it easier um just because like now there is like an aspect of oh this is a plural character like it's it it is like you know we grew up with they them or they meaning you know plural non-gendered typically at least in my generation like it wasn't really um a, a concept of gender in that sense um, and so it like ingrained in my brain it's easier to say it and it's it's easier to not mess up um, the genders that way um, but it's definitely difficult <laughs> in the sense of uh, referring in the first person um, you know as we um, and I think that 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 also reflects the bispores struggle of like what does this living this composite being look like um, yeah but I think it's made it easier in some ways and, and more difficult than others. Uh, but it's definitely been a, a trip <laughs> for sure. <laughs> also, do you want to, wow, Mars, do you want to ask the next question? <laughs> who, who am I? Um, yeah, I actually, before I'll just 
comment on this, that last question also. Um, personally, as a person who does use they them pronouns, like in my actual real life, um, I think that you've done a really good job with it, Ben. Um, and it's made it... Having uh, Nella Sky slash the Bythor as a character in this campaign has made it significantly easier for me to feel more comfortable in this environment, as well as, like, being more open with myself and who I am in this Aww. game and with everyone in the party. So, like, the knowledge that every- like, that- I mean, you're trying that hard for- for your character is really nice because, like, you j as you said, it helps you in, like, your real life, too. And that's also very apparent in, like, our interactions and my interactions with everybody in the party. It's, like, it's really nice. And this is very much- it's become, like, such a nice safe space for me to be who I am and I'm glad that you got asked that question because <laughs> okay. that was something I wanted to comment on anyway but yeah so perspective taking um, is is important for not just role play but ethical behavior oh yeah yeah it's really nice to see like that kind of representation in a game even if it's a, a mushroom <laughs> mushroom pal mushroom I definitely too. You exactly. can later on in the in the seasons. I'll I'll just say this right now, um, because y'all are eventually gonna meet the gardener, and gardener uses she they pronouns. Um, it's just I kind of like I think it's really you. I mean, it, I I've I've taken I've watched or listened to a lot of like D and D podcasts, and something that I think that the Adventure Zone does very well is that they have a lot of representation, um, and I think that I think that. I've tried to find a balance of having representation, but also like making sure that it's not like, oh, this this whole thing, the reason that this character's here is because it's like, oh, this, you know, like yeah. I, I want making strong Making sure you don't have characters. token characters. Yeah, I don't want token characters. I want strong characters. And I, I think that, I think that Ben, you've done such a, a wonderful job in um, like your your character growth and you being able to express that. So yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just thankful. Everyone's an ally, 100. <laughs> percent Um, okay. So next question, you said. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is for Sam from Thomas. And it is, what was it like to create a character for a pre-existing D&D campaign? Um, a relief, because it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it couldn't have been easier. Uh, apart from the fact that it was, like, I was basically unceremoniously thrown into, uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing, you know, Sullivan and I had been talking prior to, to my joining uh, and I was good. Like I, I was, I was all gung ho for like doing some guest NPC playing, right? <laughs> and and he was like, okay, so you're gonna have this character, and it's gonna be pretty wacky, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna wake up and not know anything, uh, which, you know, it, on one hand is like throwing me into the deep end, but on the other hand, it's. It, you know, it, it there's there are fewer choices in a in a good way, right? Like it, it's it's a it's an excellent template as as far as you can say that about there literally being no template. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so it, yeah, I, I, it was easier to, to create this character um, than it has been to create a character from scratch for uh, to start a campaign because uh, I all I had to do was start playing myself uh, being confused, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> Where am I? And try yeah, and like Gaylor's trying to figure out who he is. That that's like that's the whole thing about Gaylor in the beginning is like, who am I now? I have a vague memory of who I was. But, you know, there's a, there's a, he's just experienced a significant loss of identity. So I got like this buffer to figure out who Gaylor is because he doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> so that, that was, that was like, that was surprisingly, uh, like an easy thing, hmm. I think. It was also, I think, very fun to have that because you didn't listen to the sessions that were already out to anything so before jumping in like every other person who was listening like at home had more context than you which is and and you really like brought that which i know eventually later on you went back and listened but i like it was a pretty (laughs) it was it was a while after you joined, right? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was several yeah. sessions in that I started listening to, to what had happened before. I think there was a moment Which, in the, my very first session where I, I was like, who are you people? Yeah. Completely genuine. Which is, I was really happy about that. Like, I don't, I tried to intentionally not tell you much. Like, while we were making your character, I was like, hey, uh, so... I don't think we've told the story about how you joined, like, to the world. Um, <laughs> I had told my dad, like, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to have, because for context, Sam is my cousin. I was like, you know, I think it'd be really cool to have Sam in it, but I don't really have a thing prepared for him to join. And then my dad goes up, visits Sam, and says, oh, yeah, by the way, Solomon says he wants you to join D&D. Sam reaches out to me. All right, let's do this. And I was just, like, absolutely not prepared like there was no i had no context like literally i think we had just done episode or session nine like episode like literally when willem like falls over like that that's the ending of it and then sam reaches out like hey can i play and i was like uh so then i completely like scrapped all the notes that i had for like the next few sessions and was like, okay, the, the, Sam is here. Sam's, Sam is, uh, is Willem's body. Okay, let's figure this out, you know? And it was, I think that, like, it, I had always had the the idea that that Willem, like, this was not actually Willem's body. Like, this was this was just, like, him taking over something. Hence, hence um, Barthol, like, being able to be corrupted. You know, it's just, the, like, this reach... Um, but y'all like to see that, to see the change, to see the, um, like you going from, oh, what's going on to like, I know this world better than anyone. <laughs> like I know this world better than Solomon. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> well, you don't have to say it, you know, but your actions speak louder than words. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see, um. We actually have a, a, char- a question for me, um, and then I don't have this last one written down. But I have a question for all of you. Um, it is, what's your favorite NPC to play, and do you have a least favorite one? 
Um, let's think. I think my favorite one. I okay. I love Olo. Olo is so much fun. Um, I but I think Linelm is my favorite because Linelm, in the same way that Sam was like, oh, Gaylor's a self-insert. Linelm is a self-insert. Um about a certain aspect of myself. He was originally like this, the entirety of his character was all about like, he he was just like what the expression of how I see the world, like with my synesthesia um, and how I like can see like music and like colors with things, and, you know, stuff like that. Like it was, that was the, I actually here, I'll, I will read you, um, the original thing that I had for the original plans I had for episode 10, because I thought like, Oh yeah, probably what's going to happen is Waka's going to like realize that he has the coin and he's going to flip the coin. And then Linelm's going to come and save the day. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. So I, let me actually see, I can read you this that I wrote thinking that that was going to happen. Sorry, and I'm kind of stalling for time as I'm trying to find it. If y'all actually want to say something real quick. <laughs> About what? Anything. <laughs> I didn't know you had synesthesia <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. I um to not meaning me, but meaning uh Ben and Ariel. Yeah, yeah. And um it's Ben, you have it? Yes, not as much as Solomon, I think. Interesting. Yeah, how does that, do you see that, like, impacting the way that you play at all, Ben? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's hard to, like, extract, you know, what, how something that you didn't know was a thing until a few years ago affects you day to day, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it does, but it might. <laughs> Maybe. You've been for a lot longer than that, right? Uh, I mean, I guess probably, like, I learned that it was a thing, like, yeah, I guess actually now. Yeah, because... Like, 15 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> we have definitely Whoa. talked about that <laughs> Yeah, more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Here, I have a, uh, I, I, I found it. Thank you for stalling. If you'd like to, I can, I can tell you, this is what I had written if Linelm was going to come save the day. This is what I wrote before before uh, I even knew that Sam was joining. So, uh, Willem was going to say, there's someone else here, isn't there? Someone is watching. Go ahead. If I can't have whatever that creature was, I'll gladly take you. Um, and he was referring to Olo. And then as the coin flips through the air, time seems to slow. Willem laughing his magic around, blah, blah, blah. That's what I have. So it's a strange feeling. As if the world was a canvas, struck by a brush, the frame of a door formed, starting with the corners, filling the middle with swirling colors, stained wood, and gilded circlets. It was a strange feeling, but a familiar one. When faced with unimaginable power, the brain has a tendency <laughs> to freeze, locked in awe at the show of strength. The moment between his joyous laughter and what happened next felt like an eternity when in reality it occurred in the blink of an eye. 
The blue sky above seemed to change, to drain, as tendrils of blue fell from the sky like flurries of snow wrapping around his fingers like water spilling over a bundle of rocks. The sky above grew dark, the stars beginning to glow slowly, as if they had been woken up too early, unaware if they should be shining. Magical energy harnessed by the colors in the ground, the trees, and the sky itself catapulted itself through the air, striking against the clouds, bouncing about like a kite that was broken free from its strings. The various shades and hues flowed together inside and over one each other as they began to sing. Horns, strings, woodwinds, they harmonized and called out to each other. Timpani struck the ground as Linelm's feet began to glide across the dirt and rubble. The trees scattered across the ground, rising to their roots, making way for the laughing ethereal. They seemed to dance with him, the branches mirroring his own arms as he conducted them in a harmony. The sounds of the pine needles pricked against your ears, dazzling and as bright as the green swelled from the pine, adding to his trail. You had never seen anything like it, neither man-made or crafted from the hand of the gods. It was natural beauty. It was dazzling lights. It was a song that you had never heard. It flowed and ebbed with his twists and turns, his body, his baton. His movements grew larger, the colors mirroring, the grin on his face widening as his laugh echoed through the night sky. The stars looked beautiful tonight, purples, oranges, whites, the clearest night you had ever seen. The edge of the universe, there, a parent staring you in the face like a shopkeeper across the counter. But not even the stars above rivaled the display before you. Each color took its place, lined up like synchronized swimmers on the line before falling backwards, splatting across the ground like paint against a canvas. White lines outlined the shapes, spinning in circles as they formed under the conductor. They looked like the petals of daffodils as the colors birthed a new sense, an intensity that poured from Linelm's mouth, harmonized with the strings, pronounced with the horns, and sealed with the drum. The flower grew, encapsulating first Linelm and then Willem, the blood-sucking being screaming in fear as he tried to escape. But there was nowhere he could go as the leaves and petals closed. A harbinger of winter. And that was the scene that was going to play if Brandon summoned Linelm to fight Willem. Guess I should have remembered I wow. had that coin, huh? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you really uh, really messed up that one. Yeah, instead I burned our get everybody healed and back upright for free item. Fun fact, I will actually let you know this. This is a little bit of a spoiler. Is Or not a spoiler. I guess it's not super relevant. Um, Olo had said something. <laughs> not super important. Um, but Twitch asked you what color you would like the match to be and you picked green and green that was the spell that i had that that was going to be like against that was like protection against the undead so you just happened to pick the one that would affect willem and then we just happened to roll an 18 that made him come again <laughs> just, yeah well That's that was rather fortuitous then <laughs> I'm, i suppose i'm so, so happy <laughs> That, oh, well, so that so confirms much. a long suspicion of mine, which is that oh. uh, uh, the that little bit you do um, uh, that you've done for the Sendaga spell 
is uh it's a flag that whatever is coming next is is uh power from a god who knows i'm not saying anything i'm just just actually going to answer the second part of this question you have a least favorite one uh and i do uh, and he's coming in the next season and i think it's everyone's least favorite one what not mine (laughs) no you're not bringing oh yeah Oh, yes. I am. D- no, you can say it. Oh, Crow. Crow. Oh, yes. Coming He's in the, the next best. Season. I don't know why everyone hates him so oh. much. Oh, oh. He just feels greasy, but besides that, he's he's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, so I don't. I don't, I don't is, know though. that I should say he's the best. Maybe I just like everyone's pained reactions to him because it's the same <laughs> kind of groans that I get when I say a bad pun, and I just enjoy everyone's suffering. <laughs> it's a very dead well, thing. Spe- yeah. Speaking of suffering, we're gonna have to wrap up this whole Q and A. Speaking of suffering, hey, you, have, hey. you have a question. Did for you us. have one more question for us? I do. So first off, I was gonna say thank you for everyone uh, for responding and sending in these questions. Like I, I cannot express how cool it makes me feel because always, ever since I was a little kid. I've wanted to do art, like I wanted to do music, I wanted to write books, and now I get to do both. And I get to do them with some of my very closest friends and family. And it's just so wonderful because I love all of you so much. And it's just so, the amount of like emotions that I have in my heart right now is just so much. But for everyone listening, like I am so happy that you are here and thank you so much for listening it's just i can't express how wonderful it is to see my dreams literally being built into a reality and to do it with such wonderful people so the question that i have for all of you is moving forward (laughs) okay so i was hoping that i'd get that question into my brain when i'd get it (laughs) right there and i'm not stalling i'm actually building up the question which is going to be a really good one actually so good um so moving forward what all what risks are you guys willing to take to further your personal story within the context of the larger narrative Ooh. i told you told you it was going to be a good one mm. see Huh. Just took a minute to leave the station. I'm going to need someone else to answer that first. Oh, man. Repeat the question as I think about it more. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't um, write it down? <laughs> no, no. What's, what sacrifices oh. are your characters going to be willing to make to progress their own personal story within the sense of the larger mm-hmm. narrative? Because, I mean, like, you have, like... Perrin is looking still for his sister, you know, yeah. and like within the context of, oh, you know, like everyone else is also doing that. But you, we see like Gaylor has kind of stumbled upon some new things. You know, it's like <laughs> there's there's a few like, I don't know, just what what are you guys willing to do? Like, do you think that I know that there's like there's the connection, there's the camaraderie, but. Do you think that you guys have come to the point where your character's primary story is still the most important thing to them? For Perrin, um, 
his main goal this whole time is a sister that is unchanged from when she originally left. Um, and so I would find it very interesting. I don't even know what's going to happen, but it'd be very interesting to see how he interacts with this person when they finally meet, like the changes that have come about, the things that she's going to say, what what she's going to make me do, and, and the decisions I'll have to make coming from that. And ultimately that clash of of the person that you have in your mind, the, the person you have grown up with, the memories you have, and dealing with the change that just naturally comes from life and from experiences and that constant growth. And is he going to accept? Is he going to reject? Is he going to turn his back on? Um, yeah, he will have to make up the decision when it, when it comes. But, um, but he'll try to keep... Uh, true to to what he values um, so whether or not that's staying with the party we'll see man it's going to be a family versus found family type thing exactly mm-hmm. yeah I think same with the vice board of like the host is their family and this the other vice boards are their family and like it's at this point i think uh if push came to shove and i had to choose between the the host and the party it would choose the host um and i don't know what it would take to change that like i I feel like it's such a strong connection and such like a um you know deep rooted uh thing I mean, like like you say, the strands of Haifa are thicker than blood. Deep-rooted? Is <laughs> that they, a plant pun? <laughs> as they <Yes>. say. <laughs> Deeply spored. Um, yeah, so I, I think, I, I personally think that, like, that's kind of the Bispor's, like, permanent um, ultimate loyalty. But I would be interested to see if there's any way that, you know, the the party would kind of... Uh, supersede that or loyalty to the party would Hmm. I think it would be interesting to to see like I I think it it, it wouldn't necessarily come up organically for Gaylor Um, there would have to be something pretty extraordinary that would have to happen for Gaylor's interests to diverge that much from the party's interests um, I mean, I think Gaylor's personal interest is the same as it always was, you know, to to become this, you know, sort of a, like a like a legendary bard, right? A, a wielder of of this arcane. The, well, originally it was an entwinement, right? This arcane school of of magic that um, has, you know, the 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 entrance to the school is is hidden um and so there's like the, you know there's a great air of mystery about it and and only only a select few are adept in it uh but you know he's encountered a bunch of other uh sort of equally interesting uh potential like 
adeptitudes is that a word uh uh, you know, the ceiling magic, um, a lot of this, like the, the, the lofting magic is, is really interesting. Um, uh, and right now and for a long time and for the foreseeable future, uh, that uh, achieving that is going to have to involve the, uh, achieving the aims of the party as a whole, which have evolved into not just uh, <clears throat> not just finding parent and sister, but um, kind of taking down this cabal of big bad evil guys. Bad um, assholes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, magnificent bastards. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I I don't think you know, and and obviously, um, the big bad evil guys plans seem to involve multiple party members right like there's there's a uh, there's a reason they're kind of interested in us as a group um, <clears throat> so I, 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 I don't think like from a player perspective I don't think that uh, you know anything goes well for Gaylor's interests if things aren't going well for the party's interests uh, which isn't to say that he's just uh, completely jaded and, and like using the party to further his own ends but you know he does what he thinks is right at the time and and it, it seems that that his own interest and the party's interests are for the time being pretty pretty uh <laughs> entwined with one another <laughs> oh, that's that's something that it would take a lot things. to one. separate them I think. I think it's really fascinating that Gaylor starts out as someone who wants to put magic into things and then it has ended up being someone who puts things into magic. I think that's just a fun little like wink nod type thing. Like well, with, like within sealing something within this art of magic, you know, because n not to like explain fully what it does, but it's like, because if I'm being completely honest, I don't have like a full, magic system with like the how ceiling works exactly um and i mean you could even see that within the um christmas special when i'm like there's a magic that you can't fall like <laughs> that's that was that's not just like a, oh they didn't roll high enough that's like okay i can't give a full definitive answer because of how how impactful that is to the world but just to see Gaylor like okay i'm going to be able to put go to the school so i can put magic into this um, into this like baked goods to make it better to like oh yeah I'm going to seal away this easel you know or like this I'm sorry this uh, like pot maker thing it's just it's really cool I think yeah it's an interesting I think it's sort a, of inversion and I don't think you have to have a, a full magic system built out for these purposes right it's uh, it's um, it's fantasy it's not sci-fi I don't know there's like yeah. different schools of thought the the uh, Brandon Sanderson school of thought is typically you should have, you should definitely have a, a hard magic system with like defined like a science and it's like well there's a place for that but I don't think this is it. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon, Brandon, um, <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of interesting for Waka uh, since his personal little quest has been going on for so long in 
the world. You know, he had been looking for these answers for three years before he even met the party. Uh, so, and also with Selix being as long-lived as they are, something that I haven't necessarily considered so much in season one, but as we've been getting more into season two, uh, I feel like that's starting to get fleshed out a little bit more. It's like, he's from a people with a very long life and a very long memory. And so, yeah, you know, spending three years tromping around looking for the answers to what happened to Queen Rhee, yeah, that sucks, but, I mean, even if it took him another 50 years, that, that's not that enormous of an amount of time to a Selleck. Uh so you're, like, so you're saying that that you could uh, you could traipse around with the party until the rest of us are dead and uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> and like would, he he be no sweat. He could go around like like it it would be a sweat. Like it, it's definitely a long time, but he's got the time to spare, uh, especially since uh, you know he. I I think we said that the party was leaving the graveyard into Fanheim, right? That's not a spoiler. Yes. Okay, yes. so since he is now returned home and he's like, hey, sorry it's taken me a while, like, I'm, I'm still empty-handed, here's checking in. You know, he could, he could absolutely spend several years again walking around and uh, it, it wouldn't be all that enormous of a deal. Uh, so he, he can certainly set that aside for the time being. And I think we've seen that a little bit since he has already had some breadcrumbs dangled to him. I mean, Center dangled it and then got rid of it almost instantly uh, to great frustration. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he could have made a bigger point using their wish to try and get something for himself. Uh, but he's patient enough that, uh, you know, he'll he'll get a breakthrough eventually or... You know, in another 10 or 20 years, maybe the political climate will change and someone will write a memoir. Someone will say a secret on their deathbed or something. And, you know, the answers will come out in time sort of a thing. Uh, so, well, the the political environment will change within the course of, like, a year and a half. Well, a little bit more than that. Because, like, the original... Not to go off on a whole tangent, but, like, the original part of all of this was getting merit to rule you know so there's actively people are actively trying to rule while you all are dealing with this bigger threat but there, so one of the reasons why um i panned to brandon instead of mars is because oswald i wanted to end with you because oswald like oswald didn't have an end goal at the start so how does how do you think this is like how does it, how do you feel as if this might not be relevant to you? So like how 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 do you feel about that? There was a little bit of one, but it was mainly to get back home, right? Yeah, like there was now, a drive like there. Yeah. Um so is it like would I take risks? Is it I think re it's more of re-ask re-ask re the question please. Yeah, I'll I'll <laughs> ask it differently to you. What do you th I think this might be better. Oswald has been put in a lot of danger and that has is not going to change in season two this is we've already seen it then we've seen it earlier on how much danger or what do you think will have to happen to oswald for oswald to be like i'm done i'm leaving the party like this is too much ah i see 
Um, you know, that's kind of, like, tough because I feel like so much has happened already. I don't know what else could be worse. You know? <laughs> like, not to be that person, but, like, Oswald literally had, like, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, done or magic wand held to his head at one point um was threatened by sinner thought to die there there's been a lot of instances where i was worried for oswald's safety and i'm sure he was worried for himself but i think at this point in time like currently the mind like his mindset is he doesn't really which i don't know if this answers the question the way you want it to but he doesn't really have a direction and the one that he might have had doesn't feel possible anymore that makes sense like um he wanted to get back home and he wanted to just resume his old life after everything but i think that at this point he feels like that could never happen again i don't think that oswald could ever go back to his hometown and just live alongside sarai and his uncle and work in his little work in the hex cache i don't think he can ever do that again um after everything that's happened he's changed so much fundamentally as a person and um, I think that that trait that left him needing to stay home has more or less not really disappeared I would say but been forced out by other circumstances um, and I feel like it's a mixture of he doesn't know if he deserves to be back home to live his old life again after everything he's done um, it's a mixture of that as well as he's just experienced too much to feel like he can even be content, like, be content with being there. Like, I don't really know if it's excitement, if it's presenting itself as excitement yet. I think it might one day for him, but I do think he has enjoyed exploring the world even though it's caused him lots of heartache and, um, life-risking scenarios, but... I just, I don't think that, um, if, I don't think he has a specific drive right now, except for to maybe feel better about his situation. Um, but I know that it's definitely not to get back home anymore. Uh, that's kind of, that's not really, um, I don't think that's really a thought to him anymore. Which yeah, makes it yeah. interesting with, like, Sarai and everything, but... I don't think that that's any. I don't think that he'll go back home anytime soon. So yeah, to answer are... your to answer your question, I don't really think that there is anything that could make him leave at this point. Now that there are blemishes on Oswald's hands, mm -hmm. and I think he feels more connected with the party than he's ever felt with anyone in his life, um, yeah. and that's including Sarai. I don't think that they've ever, they've never had an instance like that where they needed to trust each other that deeply in these situations or have literally put like each other's lives in the other's hands. I don't know if I said that right, but um, I mean, they've gone through so, even though it's realistically not been that much time, he and the party have gone through so much together. I mean, even Gaylor, who is not trusted at first, I feel like Oswald trusts even Gaylor at this point, and I can't really say that, but 
<laughs> but um yeah i mean i feel like he's made a connection with every member of the party in different ways regardless of if they've made connections with him and it's where he feels the most at home currently in his life you know it would be just uh a, an agonizing thing i think would be if the rest of the party split up in some sort of way and Oswald had to choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that would be tough. What's that? We should split the party? Alright, DM. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's more or less become like his family. Like, and... It's, it's really fascinating to see the inverse of yeah, exactly. Like the, you have this is found family, and then Perrin searching for his family and like potentially choosing his family over, over this found family. But then Oswald literally choosing this found family over his own family and friends back home and like life. Like because we had established like Oswald had not left the town, like not done much, you know. Like mm-hmm. so, it's just it's so cool to see the inverse of characters. I think he'll you definitely know what else be. Is... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna well, say I think I was gonna say I think he'll be devastated if anybody had to leave. Is all I'm gonna say. Well, then this is actually better. Speaking of leaving, it's time that we all wrap this. So thank you everyone for listening. Does anyone have any closing thoughts? Thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening. listening and keep telling your friends, and keep making friends and then telling them. <laughs> I hope that you allow us to just make friends in order to tell them <laughs> yeah and then tell their friends to tell two friends and then their two friends can tell and then eventually um if you get all of them to join on the only fins uh you'll actually be raised up to the Linelm tier and it's a beautiful well, triangle re- regardless of if anyone tells anyone's friends we'll still realm keep telling of, the story realm so, of pyramid schemes <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're there to listen, we appreciate you. Nonetheless. But we're happy to scream into the void. Well, no, right. No. Not happy, but thank you everyone. Let's let's wrap this up. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And now we can stop the recording. Perfect. Mm-hmm.